Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 9, Episode 26. I'm Jack. I'm Jay. And I'm Sato. And today we're going to do a North London Derby special podcast where we're going to look back over the history of the Derby and then our favourite games, favourite goals and just all-round best moments of the North London Derby. So I'm going to hand over to Stato firstly, who's going to talk to us a little bit about the history of the Derby. So initially, because they were a South London team who I've occasionally called Woolwich, um, basically they were based in Plumstead in South London. And they moved in 1913. They initially tried to merge with Fulham, and that didn't quite work out. So they moved Lockstock and Barrel over to, um, to you know, Islington, where they currently are, um, in 1913. But the biggest issue actually really escalated at the end of the First World War. Um, Spurs had finished 20th in the previous season of the First Division, which was bottom, 20 clubs. And Chelsea had finished 19th, and the league had decided to expand the league to 22 teams. Now, they decided to keep Chelsea in at 19th, and then had a vote. And the vote was between Tottenham in 20th, and the teams who finished 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th in the 2nd Division, which was Woolwich. Um, and astonishingly, Woolwich won the vote. Now, arguably, Spurs got voted out because... When they won the Cup in 1901 as a non-league team, they were under different rules to the Football League clubs. So we could pay higher wages and pay transfer fees, or basically sign players, you know, and not have to, to pay transfer fees, not have to sign contracts like Football League clubs did. So basically, we pissed off the entire northern base of the Football League, which is basically the whole of the First Division at the time. And they remember this 20 years later, and they just didn't vote for us. There was a talk of skullduggery from, from them. Um, their chairman, um, per, I think his name was Percy Norris, um, was accused of a, a, you know, a bit of skullduggery, but essentially they were voted back up, or they were voted up, and um, yeah, they didn't come back down you know, in, ever again. Um, and that's pretty much where the rivalry came from. Yeah, and that's also why we on this podcast always refer to them as Woolwich as well, don't we, instead of the A word, because we just can't bring ourselves to actually say it, which uh, I always find... And I'm very immature. Arsenal fans always get slightly annoyed, especially when it's Arsenal fans you don't really know and you refer to them as Woolwich. You can yeah, always, yeah. There's a little bit of frustration in their face, which I, I absolutely love saying it. So there's a bit of history about the derby. Um, and it's, 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 it's the classic response to the whole North London is red thing is you're not actually from North London. Um, there really is only one club in North London. Um, and, um, but, uh, but, yeah, no, the, the Woolwich thing is, is a strange one. It seems, seems to wind them up, even though, even though it's such an important part of their history. Yeah, yeah. Now, we're going to... Sorry, guys, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, we're going to talk about our favourite derbies now. Um, that, that we've seen over the years and there's uh, some great great games to choose from great goals so Jay you're going to go first so talk us through the derby that you've yeah. picked um, I mean, your experience of the game where you were just tell us all about it so so I, I, I went for um, uh, Arsenal 2 Tottenham 3 um, where we uh, they they scored two early goals and we came back with three in the second half. There is intensity. Arsenal against Tottenham needs no further introduction. Hear the noise. Fabregas, fabulous ball. Nasri has found the keeper. And it's... Here's Arshavin. Aimed at Shabbat. Two. Stolen on by Defoe, pursued by Van der Vaart, and played in for Gareth Bale! Tottenham back in it! Silkily taken by Gareth Bale, Spurs man of the moment, and the North London derby comes back to life. It is Van der Vaart. Hit the wall, and ball, penalty. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? Oh, 
van der Waal. On the ball! 2-0 down! 3-2 up! Spurs at Arsenal! Absolutely extraordinary! A derby day they will never forget! And it was a right humdinger. And I, I actually... It was a funny season because it come off. We, we talked obviously last season about sorry, sorry last week about my favourite season, which is two thousand nine and ten, and the elation of that of that of of, of that season coming into the two thousand ten season um, was was an interesting experience because we started we started we dared to expect, um, and results were, were continued to be a little bit patchy. Um, and I think going into this game, sort of mid to late November, it was yeah. at the Emirates. We were sixth. Yeah. Um, we, if you remember, we had we we had Harry Redknapp sort of starting to talk about us as title challengers. Um, and um, well, we we were winning the games we were supposed to win, but but to be honest, we were sixth. Uh, we just lost to United. Bolton were in fourth, um, and. But but I think I think I think the mar the marvelous development in this season uh, was that deadline day signing, or it was post deadline day signing, of Raphael van der Vaart. Yeah. Um, so he, he he really was the difference in this season, and um, and I think go go. I mean it, this this was an Arsenal team if we think back to that that side of ten years ago with Nasri and Fabregas in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alex. You know they. they yeah, Alex Son, um, Juru was was there or thereabouts, but injured a lot. Um, that Koscielny starting to come through and, and, and play some outstanding stuff. Sanya uh, at, uh, at right back. So it was it was a very very strong side. Our Shavin played in this particular game as well. Chamak started for them, um, which was sort of odd. They had Van Persie on the bench. Yeah. Uh, was this the season where they they just bought Shamak, or maybe it was his second season? and He had a decent run of goals, and he was keeping Van Persie out because someone in my mind makes me think that that was what it was, and we were all a bit like, "Oh God, you're starting Shamak over Van Persie." That's all right, I don't mind that. But obviously, he scored in the first half. He did. He did. He did. We we had Huddleston out, um, so, which which meant obviously we had we had Jenis and Modric in the middle. Yeah. Um, with with Bale and Lennon on either side, um, up front we had we had Pav with with Van der Vaart just sort of tucked in behind him. Yeah. Um, but 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 at the back, obviously we had G- Gallas was the other big signing yeah. over the side, um, and he he started alongside Eunice Kabul. Yeah. Um, and then we had um, the legendary Alan Hutton. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, uh, and um, and uh, Benoit Asukotu, obviously we talked about like, last week, and I think uh, and 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 Coco in 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 between the sticks, who you'd have to say, um, sort sort of from the angle that Nasri scored his first that first goal, um, sh- I mean that 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 shouldn't that shouldn't have gone in, um, but they were running right in the first half. Um, I just reminded myself with some with with some. Um, with some highlights about a couple of hours ago, and it was it was just just out. It was just it was so easy for them. And you were there as well, Jay, weren't you? You were actually there for it. So actually, I, I was in I was in Club Arsenal, or what do they call it? Club level. Um, and I was actually in, in our Mediacom seats. Um, I'd, I'd actually done the deal to secure those Mediacom seats. <laughs> of course, you had. <laughs> so, so, so the 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 the, the one the, the one reward I got for for getting those those, those seats was I, I always got. To go to the top, I went to the Tottenham game about five five seasons in a row. Mm. Um, so I saw some brilliant games, some not so brilliant games, but but this, this for me of all of the of all of the games of that of that era was an absolute standout because it was it was end to end. I mean, hats off to them. I mean, they, they, they had a class side. Fabregas at the time was was in his prime. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, that fir- first half they ran right two two nil up. Uh, they could have, they could have had more, um, but um, I think second half, quite early on, I might have been on half time. Um, we bought Bale more central, um, and we we started creating a little bit more possession in the middle. Yeah, and that, oh, I, I think the, the team sheet, Jay, and he, he he put Defoe on for Lennon at half time. 
That's it, Defoe for Lennon. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, and he sort of made the difference. And I think that that first goal, he had a, he had a critical handing because he he was the one that knocked it out to to to, to Van der Vaart, who then who then knocked in Bale. Um, and all of a sudden, you sort of you sort of could feel the fear radiating around the ground, and all of a sudden, the library went quiet. <laughs> Um, it was extraordinary. It was a lunchtime game as well, so obviously most people are relatively sober. Um, and, and I think most you most not being most are, people though, Joe. Right? Sorry. You not being most people. No, no, no. I, I mean, look, I'll, I'll tell you what happened afterwards in a minute. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, I think mo- most North London derbies, as long as I can remember, have been uh, lunchtime kickoffs yeah. uh, for, for for a good old while for for, for that very reason. Um, and I think that's the case for most derbies these days. Um, but but then but then obviously the, the free kick the free kick that Van der Vaart whipped in, um, no no that, that that was the third goal the set the second the second goal was the other free kick which Fabregas handled yeah um, and Van der Vaart Van der Vaart knocked that in and did his trademark ran around behind the goal and all of a sudden you start to believe and then that fi- that final goal um, I mean I was in club club level. Um, but when 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 Kabul knocked that in, uh, it was right in front of us. I went absolutely mental. I bet. I absolutely bet. mental. It was about 82 minutes, and I, I, had to, I, had to, I had to I had to walk in. I, I watched it through the window, uh, the last sort of five or six minutes because I just we were hanging on, and it was end to end, and it was the most amazing experience. And then and then <clears throat> at the end, I remember um, Galas. Bale all coming over to the away end. Um, the home ground, the home ground, completely dis- the hu- disappeared straight away. Yeah. The away yeah. end was packed, um, and from about two thirty, sort of finished about two thirty, um, good hour and a half. That that away end was still there, um, and we were up in club level. Uh, we were, we didn't leave until about six. Amazing. Uh, Bars stay open all afternoon at. at uh, like like they do at Tottenham now, but but at Arsenal at the time the bars stay open as 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 long as people want want to drink, um, and club club level was just was it was full of all, all the Spurs fans found each other around the halfway line, and it was a proper party of of only Tottenham, only Tottenham in the uh, in the prawn sandwich seats, but uh, we were there all afternoon um, drinking their bars dry. It was wonderful. Amazing, amazing, and it felt like a real turning point this victory because that was the first time we'd won at the Emirates, um, and it had been a long, long time in the Premier League since we'd beaten them away from home as well. So it was a, it definitely felt like this was when the tide started to turn for us um, in terms of the actual derby games, but then also the head-to-head, you know, where we were finishing in the league against them. And like I always used to fear Arsenal in the years before this. It was just you used to absolutely dread Derby Day because they were just they were so much better than we were. But this for me was when it all started to change. And when we then did play them, you started to have a lot more belief that you know we can beat them. We can go away and get something. It's not you know an absolute write off before the game's even started. Exactly, exactly. And um, I mean it was it was it was a, it was a tough season. Um, it, we, we didn't we didn't finish top four. We finished fifth, if you remember. Yeah. Um, but but this for me was 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 the absolute. I mean, apart from Champions League, obviously, which was which really defined the season for us. But yeah. in the league, it, it was this it was this result that really defined um, our, our league results. Yeah, and I also remember Eunice Kabov. Obviously, he got the winner in this game, but just having a brilliant game. And just being in the ref's ear from the first minute all the way through and just putting his body on the line, making countless blocks. And that was probably the best game he ever had for us. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And at, at the time you think, well, can 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 he ever replace Ledley King? Can we can we ever replace Ledley King? And there was a short there was a short point around this time that I thought Yunus Kabul could become Ledley King for us. Yeah, no, I was the same because you know, like, he, he, he had a lot of attributes, didn't he? He was good in the air, he was strong, he was quick. Yeah. He maybe wasn't the best with the ball at his feet. And you're right, for probably three or four moments, you start to think, hang on, we've we've got a decent centre off here. But yeah. it never quite happened. Obviously, he was quite unlucky with injuries as well. And he, he probably looks back on his career and thinks, I could have achieved a lot more than what I actually have. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Guys, can I just... 
but in with a bit of a stat, you were saying it's such a long time since we'd won there. Yeah. We hadn't won there in the league since 93, yeah. and that was like three or three or four days before a cup final for them. Mm. So they played a weakened team. And before that, our last league win there had been 1985. Wow. So it was immense to, to actually go there and win, wasn't it? So that's that That was the third third league win in 25 years, which is just yeah. astonishing, isn't it? It's such a long time. I mean, it was it was an odd one. You, you still went with 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 a, with a level of optimism. It wasn't that that the season before, the season before that, October two thousand eight, that we went and uh, drew four four. Mm. Uh, yeah. His first or second game in charge, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and I was at that as well. That was that, that 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 was bonkers. But 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 there was still there was still a level of optimism that we could go and get a result. We were certainly good enough to get a result. Modric, Bale. Van der Vaart had already shown what he could do. So, so you, you you sort of went with with a level of we can do this, we can we can get we can get this, um, but but so deflated in the first first twenty five thirty minutes. Yeah. It was just, mm. just, and fearing the worst at half time as well. Like that that game for me at half time was going to end four or five nil. I just remember being absolutely terrified at half time, thinking if you offered me three nil now, I would take that. Like that that was where I was at well, half time. To come back and win was just absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got very different memories of it because I was really ill that weekend. And I was gone away for the weekend. Um, I was going to be a godparent that weekend on the Sunday uh, for, for my niece. And um, at 2 nil, I just went up to bed because I felt so dreadful. Um, but my wife came and got me at 2-2 because she knew how much it would mean to me. Oh, amazing. And she said, I think you would want to come down. It's 2-2. And you're looking quite good. And she doesn't know anything about football, but um, <laughs> she just decided to do that. And maybe she I'm was so just talking about you. Because... Maybe she was talking about you. Maybe she thought it's two-two. And by the way, you're you're looking quite good. Maybe she just felt yeah. Yeah. So um, I just about managed to catch the uh, the Kabul goal. Yeah. And celebrate, and then sort of you know go back to bed for the afternoon. But uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, a pick you up when I really needed it. Yeah, it sounds like it. But um, Jay, no, that was a great uh, great pick as your favourite. Yeah. Uh, North London derby. Dato, do you want to talk to us a little bit about what your favourite North London derby was? Well, my first ever North London derby is the game I've chosen, and it's completely memorable because of the result. And and but it was just for so many reasons. So mine is on Easter Monday, nineteen eighty-three, um, and it was Tottenham five, Arsenal nil, and. I've watched the highlights back today and it's really memorable and it's, it's pretty much as I remember it. But as an eight-year-old, I was nearly nine, we also took a school friend of mine who was an Arsenal fan and we stood on the shelf. So we've got my mum and my dad, myself and my brother and this school friend. And his cousin was Stuart Robson who played right back for Arsenal that day. Um, and we didn't know this, but my school friend turned out to be really nervous in crowds. So being on the shelf wasn't actually ideal for him, but we decided to stay and stick it out. And I'm so glad we did because we absolutely hammered them. Now, looking at the Spurs team sheet that day, we were decimated. We had no Hoddle, no Ardiles, no Villa, no Perriman and no Crooks. Wow. And, and they were pretty much full strength. The only thing I'd say was Pat Jennings would have probably been first choice goalkeeper for them. But that season, him and the, the guy who did play in goal, George Wood, played like 50% of the games each. Jennings must have been injured. But apart from that, they were pretty much full strength. Um, and we had such a mishmash of a team. Um, the back four was quite similar. Chris Hewton, Graham Roberts, um, Paul Miller and Ray Clements in goal. And then young Gary O'Reilly, who was kind of a perpetual substitute in those days, um, didn't really make the grade with us, went off and played at Palace and Brighton. He came in for Perriman. But this midfield, and you would never see a midfield like this for Tottenham, Terry Gibson, who was a striker, played out wide. Steve Archibald, who was a striker, played in central midfield. Gary Mabbott, who, to be fair, we did sign as a midfielder. And Tony Galvin in his natural position on the left wing. And then Mark Falco up front with our recent signing, Alan Brazil. Mm. He'd been at the club about a month and hadn't scored yet. Um, But we started the game and we were 3-0 up in 18 minutes. And Chris Hewton had scored two from left back. Amazing. So, sorry, Sato. Just before, just before you go into it, so you get yeah. you get into the ground, and obviously you then see the team sheets. What are you thinking at that point? Are you thinking, Christ, this is going to be a, a long afternoon, or you know, what was the reaction? 
I don't know because I mean they'd not they weren't just all out that week. It had been quite a Hodler missed a load of games that season. Ardiles had missed the start of the season through the conflict of you know the Falklands as I mentioned last week. Um, Villa got injured in February. Um, I, I don't remember how Perriman was out, and the fact that we'd signed Brazil probably means that we knew Cooks wasn't going to be available. Um, anyway, he'd been out sort of long term, but. You know, other players that would often have come in. Mickey Hazard wasn't wasn't playing. Yeah. Presumably, he was injured too. Um, but I, th- I think footballers were more adapted then, yeah. because you only had one substitute in those days. If you came on as a forward, you might end up playing in midfield anyway. Yeah. yeah or what we perceive to be a striker now would have just gone and played wide midfield, or you know, you know, been a lot more adaptable. Yeah. So talk to um, us a little bit about the goals then. So you said we were 3 0 up pretty quickly. What what happened? Yeah. How did we score? I've watched them back in today because I mean I, I can't say I remember the game so clearly, like it's you know, it's still in my mind. But um basically Chris Hewton broke forward both goals, um, sort of plays a one two or you know, a couple of passes, keeps on running through, gets the ball on the edge of the box and, and sort of mishits it into the bottom corner for the first goal. The second goal is possibly the best volley I've ever seen live. Wow. Um, there's, there is footage of it. There's a six-minute video on YouTube um, of the game. Now, this, it seems incredible, but and bear in mind Spurs were eighth and, and Arsenal were ninth on the day, you know, the morning of the kickoff. Um, and it was a bank holiday Monday, so there would not have been a big match or, or match of the day. So it wasn't televised. Spurs did their own in-house thing, and it's quite poor quality, if I'm honest. I think the video even says poor quality. It's no one's fault. It's just that's what it was. Yeah. And they used to sell these videos for 20-odd quid, which was extortionate at the time. But um, So it's a kind of in-house production. Yeah. Um, but Falco's goal is just an incredible volley. It's a ball over the top, and he just smashes a right-foot volley from 17, 16 yards out. And just the keeper just doesn't even smell it. It's just incredible finish. Um, Hewton's goals, the second one's quite similar. Just gets gets played through and slots it in. So we go in at half time, three 0 up. Um, Are you then confident at half time, or were you thinking this is Tottenham? I'm watching. They're going to come no, back. Look, I was eight, Jack. So I, I, I've got to be honest. I don't think I had that blase. You know, oh, you know, yeah. we're going to. You just take it as it comes. It's you know, it is what it is. But the fourth goal is a long free kick in out from wide and it's awful marking from Arsenal. I think they try and sort of step up and do a traditional offside woeful decision to do so and Falco smacks in another volley. Um, and then Brazil scores the fifth, which is his first ever goal for Tottenham. But it could have been 10. Even from the six-minute highlight video, we could have got another four and it's inevitable that there were other chances that just weren't shown. Yeah, but I mean, um, what an amazing experience. Tottenham 5, um, Arsenal 0, you know, that doesn't happen very often. And, you know, it was on the terrace, so we were, we got into the ground. When, whenever we went to games, and like I said, I probably went to six or eight games a season, we had to get in at one o'clock, so we were at the front row of the of the shelf. Um, because it moved around so much that my parents had to stand over us with their arms sort of arched out in front of us to shield us from the you know, the, the pushing crowd, because otherwise, you know, you would have got crushed. We were too short for the crush barriers because they used to have, you know, crush barriers for you to lean on to stop the pushing going any further forward. But they were too low for us, or you know, too high for us, sorry. So we had to stand at the front. The crowd was about 43,000. I know capacity was higher than that, but in the, you know, the, the mid-80s, they really did suffer um, with hooliganism and, and crowds generally were down. Um, maybe that's kind of one of the reasons my family did take us because it wasn't a full, you know, 50 plus thousand crowd. Yeah. Um, but just to, to looking back at it, it was £2.20 for adults and £1.10 for kids. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. That, that and Mark you could Fal- on the door. That, 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 I've just, I've just watched that Mark Falco uh, volley. Absolutely. Oh, it's incredible. It really is. It's, he was a really good volleyer of a ball. He was yeah. a much, much underrated player, Falco. Yeah. Really was. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. But, I mean, another brilliant derby there. And that's obviously one where we've gone back a few more years. But what a fantastic two games we've talked about so far. Three to the Emirates and then smashing them at home 5-0. That's just absolutely magnificent. And they've beaten us 5-0, I think, about four years before. 
Mm. Um, so, you know, Keith Birkinshaw was very, you know, it was like a bit of payback for that. Yeah, yeah, amazing. That's brilliant. Now, uh, the game that I'm going to talk about um, is one that's more from the modern day, and that is Tottenham 2, Arsenal 1. Um, in 2010, which was most famously known for the Danny Rose volley. There's some near post, and Munya ups to punch. Now, we spoke a little bit about this game uh, on last week's podcast, um, but just for a bit of context, we were just coming off the back of losing the FA Cup semi-final to Portsmouth, which was absolutely gutting. Um, and so to then have Arsenal a few days later, it was it was either going to go one way or it was going to go the other. Now, I remember getting into the ground, obviously, it was under the lights as well. It was a Wednesday night and sort of the build-up. As you're walking to the ground for a North London derby, it feels different anyway. But when it's a night game as well, White Hart Lane under the lights, especially the old White Hart Lane, was something really, really special for the big games. And I remember going in there with just with... A, a, a little bit of b- belief, but also a fear and just hoping that the players give their all and we're just committed. And as a supporter, that's sort of all you can ask for going into these games. I remember getting into the ground and there were there was two bits of information on the team sheet that just got everybody really, really excited. Firstly, it was the fact that Ledley King was starting. And any games that you'd get there and, you know, you, you know, well, what's the side? Oh, Ledley's playing. You'd think we've got a chance. Every time he was on the team sheet, you knew you had an opportunity at, at winning against anybody because he was such a big player for us. So you saw that and thought, oh, that's, that's brilliant. We've got Ledley in there. And then this youngster, Danny Rose, is starting, who I can't say many of us knew too much about. Most Spurs fans had heard of him at this point, um, but we haven't really seen too much of him Um you know, in, in in any capacity, because there, I don't really remember reserve team football being shown too much online or anything like that. But we sort of all knew that he was a, a winger, uh, which he was when he first broke through. And he was starting actually on the right-hand side, which is a little bit strange. So our team that day was Gomez in goal. Then we had a defence of Cabal, Dawson, King and Asuikoto. Huddleston and Modric centre midfield. Rose on the right, Bale on the left. And then Pavlichenko and Defoe up front. And the Arsenal side, and again, this is an Arsenal team that really used to strike a lot of fear into us back in these days. And it was Almunia in goal, Sanya, Vermaelen, Judas and Clichy across the back. Then Ibue, Diaby, Riziki, Nasri, Danielson and Bentner. Um, but I mean, the defence in the midfield there was pretty strong for Arsenal. But I remember there just being something different about the game and just feeling... This could be a, a special night for us. And Danny Rose hit that volley after 10 minutes, which was just one of the one of the best goals that I think the old White Hart Lane ever saw, um, which was just a, a cross came in from the right-hand side. Almunia flapped it and punched it out of the penalty area. And Rose, from 30 yards, has just thought, you know what, I'm just going to hit this. And he catches it as sweet as you could ever catch a volley. Um, and I, it was hit towards the park lane and I was sat in the Paxton back then and I just remember being behind it and as soon as it had left his foot, you're thinking that's in. And so you see the ball hit the back of the net and the noise in White Hot Lane, the whole stadium just absolutely erupted and everyone went crazy. And, you know, what a moment from your Premier League debut to catch a volley like that after 10 minutes against Arsenal is just pretty phenomenal. Um, and that goal really in the first half was what took us through. So it was 1-0 at half-time. And I, I'd completely forgotten about this, but Rose actually went off at half-time. And David Bentley... He was was, I, I don't I just remember the volley. I don't remember his overall performance, but it can't have been that great. <laughs> well, he came off. He came on. David Bentley came on for him, so you know his performance must have been pretty bad if Bentley's getting put on yeah. to you. Um, and then we scored early in the second half. Bale after 47 minutes, and Defoe picked the ball up about 25 yards out and just played a lovely reverse pass, and Bale made an out to him run. Um, and finished it in the bottom corner and we were all going absolutely crazy because when that goal went in we were then thinking we've got them here they are well and truly on the ropes we could beat them three or four Um, and I do actually remember at 2-0 us being relatively comfortable but then 
Arsenal being Arsenal back in those days did score Bentner in the 85th minute and then it was just nerves. We were hanging on then towards the end where they were just putting crosses into the box and just putting us under a lot of pressure. But we managed to hold on and get the win. And when Mark Clattenberg, who was the referee, when he blew for full time, I just remember the cheers were just on another level. And I think this was the first time we'd beaten them in the Premier League for quite a while as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just a real, real special night under the lights. I was there with my dad as well, which just made it even more um, even more special. And, and it would just always, for me, be the derby that I look back on and was like, yeah, that was that was a real, real night at the old White Hart Lane. Amazing. Where were Amazing. you both for that game? Do you remember? Incredible. Yeah, telly. Yeah, watching it on telly. Yeah. Great. No, I was there. I was there. Do you remember I said last, or I mentioned this in previous podcasts, because it came off the back of the uh, semi-final loss against Portsmouth. Yeah. I was actually walking to the game, and I was genuinely, yeah, in a football sense, obviously, that's some perspective, I was feeling quite full of despair. Um, and, you know, yeah. thinking that we'd screwed this season up. Yeah. We weren't going to get Champions League. Um, you know, we'd, we'd just lost to Portsmouth. Um, you know, and a bad Portsmouth team that were full of Tottenham rejects like Ricardo Rocker played ten and a half. Yeah. You know, and I couldn't see how we were going to overcome them. And we ended up beating them and Chelsea within four days of each other. Mm. And it just absolutely reinvigorated us and, and me too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we we pushed on after that game, didn't we? And that and, and I know we talked about it last week, but it was still just just. That 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 was the catalyst, really. Like that, that to to a really really strong finish. Um, we we beat Chelsea three days later, um, and and ultimately, obviously, City towards the end, obviously lost to United. But 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 it was it was a really really powerful finish, and that it was it was that era of Bale coming through, um, and and you know the the belief that that Harry Redknapp instilled in us all, in all of us. Yeah. You know, despite that 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 Pompey setback, despite that belief that we were on our way to a Wembley final for the first time in forever um, in the FA Cup, you know, despite all of that, that that we were we 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 could still get top four, and actually we look in the end we did, but um, it was just it was again one one of one of the highlights of that season. Yeah, there were a couple more games that I just wanted to quickly touch upon that we maybe won't go into as much detail. But firstly, the second leg against Arsenal in the League Cup, the year that we went on to win it, which was Spurs 5, Arsenal 1. Traditionally, of course, this one of the fiercest rivalries in football. But in recent years, in the last 29 North London derbies, Good effort. What a start. Tottenham are in front again. Can they hold on to the lead this time? And nobody manages to get a foot in. Look, he's absolutely surrounded, but nobody gets close. Invites him to shoot. It's a pretty well-struck shot, isn't it? If not through power, then certainly through direction. But really shouldn't have been allowed to get that shot away. But what a start for the home side and get this alley for Keane. Gallas with him. A well-played King. And still. And Sanya clears the deck. And the touchdown takes it in. Dawson wins the header. And Tottenham find themselves two goals to the good. It's a lovely ball in. They find themselves facing their own goal, those Arsenal defenders. Who does it come off? It's difficult to tell there, you know. And Dawson wheels it in and claims it. It does come off Bednar. It's an own goal. Centre forward doing his marking job. Used to doing it at the other end normally. And Berbatov is onside. Can he make it 3-0? Oh! Of all the players on that pitch, you would have expected him to score more than any other, perhaps. To attack, Lennon. Great ball for Keane. Can he finish? Yes, he can. And could that be the goal that finally ends their Arsenal jinx and sends Tottenham to the Carling Cup final? 
Well, it's an absolutely brilliant move, I have to say. Fabianski will not be happy with his part in this goal, that's for certain. Should have done better. He won't need telling. And that third goal, we wondered about whether they could get it on and what they have. ...in the league game just before Christmas proved vital, as could this move from Walcott, and Bentner hits the underside of the bar, and Fabregas can't find the goal either. Is it going to be one of those? Chimbonda, beyond Lennon to Keane, and it's Lennon to finish it off. As though he was fouled, the referee has uh, indicated that will wave play on. Here's Eduardo, meantime. Adebayor. Good effort! My word! Good goal! So powerful in the air, but an indication of his ability on the deck as well. Scored one pretty similar earlier on in the season here. Referee has looked at his watch. Time for one final Tottenham raid. Jermaine Genus, who scored the goal that set them on their way, lays on another for Malbron. There's the icing on the cake. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. Spurs are on their way to Wembley. That was just a phenomenal night. Now, I wasn't at this game. We watched it on the telly. We didn't go. But, I mean, Jermaine Genus scored after a couple of minutes and there was an own goal. Robbie Keane early in the second half. Aaron Lennon on the break and then Steve Malbronk at the end. It was, it was just incre incredible night. And, you know, what? that was just one of those nights where everything went your way, wasn't it? Like, every tackle we won, every 50-50 was ours. It felt like every time we went forward, we were going to score. But that was another real, real magical night. Again, night game at White Hot Lane. Brilliant memories. Yeah, we did. We did. And then uh, another couple of games as well is the um, the 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 game where we beat them two one and we scored twice in the in two or three minutes. AVB was in twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. That's right. Bale scored, um, and then Aaron Lennon a couple of minutes later, and that again yeah. was just was an, was another game where it just it felt like we would turn the corner and it felt like especially when we played them at White Hart Lane that we were going to get the better of them during this period on by Dembele here's Bale Sigurdsson Bale's crept through the middle he's in on goal Gareth Bale again Tottenham star there is no stopping the boy from Wales Thought Arsenal need to get him on the ball more. He's down, Santi Cathola. Tottenham are playing on. Here's Parker. Lennon's made the break. He's onside. 2 0 Spurs. Same pass. Same failed offside trap. Same result. 2 0 to Tottenham Hotspur. Two goals in two minutes. The Arsenal centre backs look daggers at each other. Once again, Tottenham are tuning up in the North London derby. Spurs being Spurs as well were tuning up in this game. In this game as well, and Mert Saka scoring early in the second half to make it two-one, and then it went from you know we're cruising and we're comfortable to all of a sudden we're hanging on again. But Spurs being Spurs, we wouldn't have it any other way. And then the, the last game that I just wanted to briefly touch on as well was the last derby at White Hart Lane, which was Spurs two Arsenal nil. Here's Ali. First time shot, but maybe Ericsson, who can go through here, check smothers, and Ali tucks it away. And in the 10th minute of the second half, the breakthrough for Tottenham. Deli Ali is delivered again. Well, there won't be too many more goals in this famous old stadium for Spurs to celebrate, but this is a very precious one. In the North London derby. Well, it was wonderful feet from Christian Eric. After being really tested here. And down goes Kane. And Michael Oliver has given Spurs the penalty. It's all falling apart for Arsenal. 
in a couple of minutes here. He's in a good position, Michael Oliver. Had a little think about it and then pointed to the spot. Early in the second half. He does. He scored in five in a row in the Premier League. Now, what are your memories of that game? So April 2017, that was. Yeah. yeah. De- Delhi was the top 55. Delhi in the penalty. Yeah. So they were quite close together as well, weren't they, those goals? Yeah, 55 and 58. Oh, well, there you are then. Um, and we were in the we were second in the league. So we were, you know, kind of expecting to win that, but still had to deliver it, I suppose. Yeah, but th- this this derby was... Fair? Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I, I remember this derby actually meeting up with ASD and with Javad before the game um, in the old yeah. Irish centre um, that we used to go oh, yeah, yeah. near White Hart Lane Station. It used to be brilliant in there. And going in yeah, there and yeah. a, few, a few beers in there and just thinking, we're going to win this game. And I yeah. think this was, yeah. the, this was the first time playing Arsenal that I went to it thinking, there's no other outcome than the fact that we're going to beat them today. And I was just, I was so confident, even at half-time at nil-nil, I just knew that as soon as we got that first goal, that would be it, they would fall apart and, and it would be ours. And it was, and it, we were so comfortable in this game. We really yeah. were. We won, sorry, Jack, we won about nine consecutive games at that point. Yeah. By our best record since the double side. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. But I just, I remember leaving, obviously, at full-time, we'd beaten them 2-0. We were obviously all partying and going mad, but thinking we've left a couple of goals out there today and thinking that was a game we could we could and should have beaten them three or four nil. I remember Czech making a couple of saves in the second half, one which he tipped over the bar, I think from Vertonghen, who hit it from the edge of the box. And he, he really did keep the scoreline down for them that day because without Patrick's goal that that could have been a real humiliating game for Arsenal. Um, but that's another one that I'll look back on with fond memories, just because you know. To, didn't to... that game also? Didn't that also confirm that we'd finish above them that season for the first yeah, time? There were yeah. banners everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hard, hard to believe. Hard to believe it was a mid. It was a. It was a midfield of Dyer and Wanyama. Oh. Wow. I mean that's power, isn't it? Power and aggression in there on the whole. Yeah. Exactly what you want against an Arsenal side. Yeah, yeah. Well, Zaka was just—he was nowhere in games like this, was he? When he first signed around this time, yeah, he was just a nothing player for them, um, forever messing up, forever giving away fouls, forever getting booked. And um, no, it was—it was a weak side that 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 were beaten the minute they turned up. Yeah. Uh, but it was—it was—it was Delhi Ericsson. You know, Kane up front. It was just, it was just marvelous. They were playing such fearless football every match, every match in this run-in. It was just extraordinary. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, so that's just a few of the games that we've looked back on today. With you know, so much joy and so many great memories. Now, are there any goals that you remember that we haven't talked about um, that you'd like to briefly mention? Now, uh, there's there's one goal for me which is still my favourite goal against Arsenal that I've seen, and that is actually Ledley King who scored a bullet header against them in 2005. Dawson and King waiting to come in again. Lady King comes in! Spurs are in the lead! Ledley King, the captain, roared onto that! And Tottenham, who haven't beaten Arsenal in 12 attempts, have struck first in the 150th North London derby. A real, real brilliant goal. Uh, a set piece that was whipped in, I think, from Jermaine Genus, and he just gets in front of his man, yeah. sits down into the bottom corner, packs them road, runs into the corner where we were sat, and you know that was our that was our man, our captain, scoring against our bitter rivals. And those that those couple of minutes from where the goal went in and the celebrations. I'll always remember what that was like, and that that was a real, real brilliant moment for me as well. Amazing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did I mention Defoe's goal in that awful game where we lost five four? Yeah. Um, at White Hart Lane, but he absolutely smashed it from the edge of the box, um, and you know Layman didn't even smell it. It was just an incredible strike. 
Yeah, that was a beauty. It's just a shame, you know, in a, in a game that we'd have drawn or we'd have won, that would have gone down as one of the, the greatest goals against them, wouldn't it? Yeah. Obviously, because we lost. Yeah. Well, we can't, we, we can't, we can't, we can't uh, wrap this up without talking about David Bentley. Well, that is an amazing goal. Bentley, the former Arsenal player, has scored an astonishing goal to give Tottenham the lead. That came from nothing. Almunia cursing his luck, but no one in this stadium expected Bentley to do that. Huddleston, Modric, deflected. Oh, it's hit the post, and Lennon has equalised in one of the most astonishing finishes of the season. I do not believe it, and nor do they. <laughs> Phenomenal. Probably the only thing he ever did for us. I mean, he was still the second best thing he ever did in his life. And the other one was kicking <laughs> a ball in a skip from a roof. But <laughs> a true mark of the man. Was he a restaurateur now in Lanzarote or somewhere? Yeah, he retired early, didn't he, from the game, which was a which is a shame. You know, obviously he had his troubles and that, but that goal was just ridic absolutely ridiculous goal. And I remember the following year he tried it again at the Emirates. After three or four minutes, he got the ball in the half one and flicked it up and, and tried it. It was nowhere near going in, and that was the David Bentley we no. expected. But yeah, that yeah. goal was just absolutely magnificent. Exactly. Can I just talk about one goal that I will still remember as my sort of draw my dying breath? Yeah. And that's Gaz's free kick in 91 at yeah. Wembley. Mavrit has gone forward with Stewart to the right, Lineker and Howes to the left. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff. Oh, I bet even he can't believe it. Is there anything left from this man to surprise us? That was one of the finest free kicks that this stadium has ever seen. For anybody that, for anybody, and there can't be anybody that doesn't know this, but talk us through it, Stato. Oh, mate, we were so close to going bankrupt that season. It's hard to believe. We were, we'd overspent on the East Stand. We were, basically, the only reason the Midland Bank didn't call our, our loan in or call the debt in was because they, they knew to crucify a First Division football club would probably lose them business more business than they would, you know, the money that they owed. So we were potentially going to go bust or go bankrupt or administration, as you would now call it, I suppose. Um, they'd lost once in the league and once in the League Cup that season. So they were such massive favourites. Um, Lineker and Mabba wound Gaza up. Like, you didn't ever need to wind Gaza up. But they wound him up and told him that Arsenal had already had their suits measured, which is why... He says that comment after the game in his interview that he's off to get his suit measured. Um, but it was only ever a wind-up. They'd not even had it done. Um, it was a wind-up by Lineker and Mabbott. But, um, yeah, we didn't stand a chance. Gascoigne had been injured. He had to have a groin operation. Um, and he'd had, like, 30 minutes the Tuesday before against Norwich where we were so worried about anyone else getting injured. I think Ian Walker made his league debut. We wouldn't even risk Torsfet. Uh, on that game and um, with this first Wembley semi-final because the demand for tickets was so high there was nowhere else to play it Stamford Bridge was what 35 36,000 at the time and not fit for purpose so we go to Wembley for this FA Cup semi-final and we absolutely blitzed them I think we got two goals really early on um, Gascoigne's free kick and a goal from Lineker um, they got one back just just before half time and then we get the third and the, and the crucial goal in, in the second half um, and we killed them. But yeah, we just came out and we just absolutely blitzed them. And Gascoigne was just incredible. It was, as, as Barry Davis said, schoolboy's own stuff. That must be Stato up there with the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest goal you've ever seen. It was, and it just, it was hard to comprehend because as much as I loved the old Wembley, because it was the Wembley that my dad had been to in the 60s or my granddad had been to, you know, in, in 
the 50s or 40s or whatever to watch England games or whatever. It was still Wembley. It was still the Twin Towers. And it was still special. It was a bit of a shithole by then. <laughs> you know, it was 10 years or so from being pulled down. And the sight lines were terrible. It was it was a, akin to the Olympic Stadium now, um, you know, without the carpet. Um, it was. But it was, it was bad. I mean, uh, my seats for the final against Forest were like bucket seats. And I think we were in the fourth row. And they were only about 10 centimetres higher up than the ones in the front row. So you barely got to see over the person's head in front of you. It was really, really poor and, and sort of bad angles behind the goal. Um, but yeah, man, it was just, it didn't matter that day. I remember I turned and kissed the person next to me, um, but I'd got my family on the inside of me onto the left and I kissed the guy to the right of me. <laughs> Never met him again. Doesn't matter. It was just a moment. He's probably talking about it on a podcast somewhere else right now too. If you are that man... And for all these years, you've been thinking, <laughs> I wanted to be reunited with that man. It was the greatest kiss of my life. Get in touch with us. And we I was 17 and very innocent, I'd like to let you know. <laughs> Amazing. But, I mean, yeah, that that's a moment as a Spurs fan from a, a different generation to you that I look back and I was like, I would have I would have given so much to have been there for that goal. Because every Spurs fan that was there, whenever you, whenever you say to them, you know, what's the best moment or the best goal you've ever seen? 90% of them say Gaza free kick. So to have been there and experienced it must have been absolutely incredible. It's interesting you say that because I watch things that my dad watched, the double side or um, even the team of the 70s that won a couple of League Cups and the UEFA Cup. And, and I have that jealousy. Yeah. And I've never thought of it that anyone would have that for me. And I mean, I was so lucky that my dad took me from such an early age. Um, it, obviously, it was different, you know, financially then. It was, it was less of a, an issue. Um, it, it's so expensive now, but I suppose it was a bit relative, you know, in that they, you know, weren't earning so much back then and mm. and the like. But you know, th- the fact I got to see, you know, us win a European trophy in '84 when I was nine is just incredible. My younger brother was there too; he was only just eight. So, um, yeah, very very lucky. Brilliant, some lucky. brilliant memories. And you know what? I feel like the Gaza free kick is the perfect way to sort of round off the podcast today. Uh, I've absolutely loved it looking back at all the brilliant memories of the north london derby and you know there's obviously always a lot of hatred towards the other lot but you know like rivalries are what make football so good and you you know obviously at the moment we're not getting to experience any football of any kind and it does make you think about how grateful you actually are firstly for football and the community and the fact that it brings everyone together but you know without these big rivalries and without the north london derby you know we wouldn't have any of these fantastic memories that we've looked back on today uh, on this podcast so fingers crossed that hopefully you know all of this coronavirus stuff is over before we know it and we can get back to our normal lives and and having football and having those north london derbies back because it's not quite the same without them no i'm with you all the way jack um i mean i am a part of me is quite enjoying this as a break um and just 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 a little bit of a a detox, if you like, mm. yeah. uh, and 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 I think it will make us appreciate the game all the more. Um, I, I think I think I think we do have too much football in in, in life these days. Um, I think I think the players are overplay are, are overworked, um, and I think that's that's the detriment of of, of 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 some teams, and we've suffered as a consequence. Um, but there, yeah, there is too much football. There is too much sport. Um, and it, it takes, it takes over life. I mean, I can't remember the last time I've sat down and had dinner with my family and kids. Um, it's, it's nuts. Um, we're we're always out to a game or there's a game on the telly. So apart, part of me is actually quite enjoying this, um, for, for, for the detox of sport, but, um, I'll be ready for it very, very soon. Yeah. And Jay Stato, as always, absolute pleasure talking to you both. Really enjoyed today's podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Lamella's delivery flicked on. Good save as Spina. And put into the net by who else? Harry Kane. Absolute predator at the far post. I just said, just before the corner. Give him a chance inside 12 yards and he's likely to score. A really cool finish. There he is, Roy Hodgson watching on. Harry Kane has...
into that. Kane! Well, he was a hero before. He's the Messiah for Tottenham now. Two goals for Harry Kane. And Spurs have turned it around in the derby. Remarkably, Tottenham have failed to score in five of their last six games. And here's Van der Vaart trying to end that, he has! 1-1, straight away! Fabregas, Huddleston, oh. brilliant! Oh, my God. A brilliantly controlled shot by Tom Huddleston. And... Right on half-time twist of this extraordinary tale he's just the most exquisite striker of a football Tom Huddleston whether it be left foot or right that's on the half volley and he absolutely launches that he scored a goal correct me if I'm wrong Martin at Eastlands very similar to this look at this for a strike it arrows itself into the here's Asur Kota just over 20 minutes left it's a brilliant ball Chesney has committed himself penalty have given away another penalty wasn't he just the most magnificent pass inside because Lennon is prepared to run without the ball it's a great run and Lennon's always going to get there first Van der Vaart the Dutchman gets his second tonight and it's 3-3 at White Hart Lane you had the feeling he wasn't going to miss that it meant so much Very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.